and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. My guests this week are George Merrill and Shannon Rubicam, better known as Boy Meets Girl. They had a massive hit back in 1988, Waiting for a Star to Fall. The song topped the Billboard AC charts and was a top five hit on Billboard's Hot 100. They talk about where the inspiration for that song came from and where they were. They also are very accomplished songwriters, having wrote two of Whitney Houston's biggest songs, How Will I Know and I Want to Dance with Somebody. They talk about how they got involved with Whitney. The duo is back with their own music. Their latest EP is called Five. Their first release, More Deeply in Love, is a fantastic song. George and Shannon got divorced about 20 years ago, and they talk about working together after marriage. I really enjoyed my conversation I had with them. I've been big fans of theirs for quite some time, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. So, guys, before we kind of like, you know, reminisce and look back, I want to talk about um, you guys' latest song, More Deeply in Love. Um, it's my going to be my uh, 20th anniversary, wedding anniversary in uh, July. So I absolutely love this song. So I'm trying to maybe work <laughs> on something incorporating this song with my wife. So I'll have to credit you guys. But it, it's, a, it's a fantastic <laughs> song. Uh, That's great. Yeah, yeah. How did you guys like kind of come up, you know, with the idea for the song?
really stemmed from um, that idea that when you break up with somebody and you're feeling shattered and completely undone and you're sure the world's going to end <laughs> with your relationship. Um, but then you meet that other person who's for you in the world and, um, and then you stay with them over time and then you start to really, really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you appreciate them and the way that they radiate out into your life and to other lives. And um, so it's just a, a deeper appreciation, really. Yeah. Yeah. So like now, obviously you guys being divorced probably for like over 20 years now, how, how is like the writing process for all these love songs work? <laughs> <laughs> You, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, um, I can speak to that because uh, we, we um, I mean, from the very, from the very beginning, uh, Shannon and I uh, writing together, we, we were in a somewhat tempestuous relationship with the other bandmate. We, there were three of us. Right. And, um, and uh, a long time ago, this is, this is, <laughs> this is the 1970s. Right. Okay. Way back. And, um, and um, as Shannon and I got to know each other, we, we were falling in love as well, but, but as I got to know her, you know, as far as music and, 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 uh, and our ability to, to work together, um, it was just so much easier. It was just, there was, there, there was a level of communication and we, um, it, it, we had a, a kind of an overview right from the start. Um, so I think we, we go to that overview place, you know, mm -hmm. and we, we have gone to that overview place, um, you know, in our relationship together, but also in our songwriting um, uh, as, as we, as, as Shannon would present a lyric um, there might, there might've been a level of, Oh, is this about me? Or is this about, you know, there's something personal, of course, but we, we go to that level of, overview and it's and it's funny it's like uh, our songwriting has been therapy i think throughout the years you know in in, in a lot of ways too yeah and yeah. and we do this is true um because when we were going through our separation and divorce we um recorded our way through it we okay. wrote a batch of songs and recorded what was to become the wonderground cd right so it is it's a place of comfort to go and a place of um more free expression yeah yeah well put <laughs> <laughs> exactly i mean you guys are you know pretty fortunate in that regard because you know people who like work with each other who are married you know can't go home and discuss their jobs because they live you know and work and work together and whatnot <laughs> and don't really have like an avenue to kind of channel that hostility or emotion whereas you guys mm -hmm. are songwriters and can, can definitely do that and it's probably therapeutic for both of you it definitely yeah. is yeah it has been yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah we've yeah. always been able to just go watch a tv show at the end of the night and you know yeah. not have to go off to our separate corners right exactly <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah so how did you two meet we met at um a wedding in seattle it was a it was the boeing family daughter okay. and boeing is huge in seattle yeah. so they had this this big fandango of a wedding at a um, Catholic cathedral called, was it St. James? I think it was St. James, yeah. Yeah, and beautiful cathedral. And we were, so they hired a music director to have people play and sing music during the ceremony itself and then afterward. Um, and we both happened to be hired by the music director. And I had, um, so I ended up singing on a record that was made for this. Right. <laughs> I sang a duet with another singer. Um, and then we were, then George and his uh, songwriting partner at that time were hired to sing background vocals. And I was <laughs> As you're telling this tale, I'm, I'm realizing what, a, what an event this was, you know. <laughs> really yeah. A record was made. Wow. I know the rigor was made. So um, so I sang the female part of the duet. Yeah. 
And we were in this large balcony at the back of the church. So we got yeah. to watch everyone way down below us parade up the right. aisles with their really fancy, like, <laughs> you know, horse show hats, yeah. and things, <laughs> or, <laughs> or, you know, Kentucky Derby hats and right, right. all that. And um, it was very fun. And I saw George and his um, songwriting partner, David, over there in the backgrounds area and um and then i met them at the reception afterward one of them would come up and introduce themselves and kind of stumble through and then the other one would come up and introduce himself right. you know? <laughs> it was actually quite humorous yeah and then pretty, pretty. i think a number of months went by and we happened to meet um, <laughs> i happened to go to a an underground club to Right. some music and it was the two of them and okay. i was so impressed yeah so what, <laughs> that's great yeah so like what made you guys kind of collaborate then like how, how did that come about well uh picking up where shannon left off there uh was a, a club and that 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 was the other the other bandmate and i uh had a band called sparrow okay. and uh and uh so shannon had come to see sparrow that night <laughs> And uh, she had a band across town called Paloma, um, who they weren't playing that night, whatever. It was, it was a bird thing. <laughs> yeah, it was a, yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, um, it just so happened that, that uh, David and I were thinking that, that we really wanted to expand what we were doing. And, and uh, um, we were thinking of involving, a, you know, finding, finding a, a singer to join us. And uh, so we were, we were holding auditions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I guess we must have mentioned it to you at, at that night or, or, you know, you might have, I can't remember yeah. how that connection happened, but yeah. yeah. Uh, but, it, but I mean, I don't think I had your phone number. We didn't have phone numbers back then. So much. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, anyhow. Um, yeah. So, so Shannon came down and auditioned. Oh, she wants, she got the, she got the job. <laughs> they, they wanted the, that extra harmony part. And I love harmonies. Oh, uh, we, and actually David and, and uh, David and Shannon and I really, really went to school on old uh, Wendy Waldman albums and, and uh, a lot of the, the, the folk pop of the time. And, and Crosby, we, Stills and Nash harmonies. Yeah. yeah. We did an acapella version of a, a song that, uh, uh, Nash and Crosby have called to the last whale it's in, okay. and we we would we would play that we would sing that live and it's it was completely acapella and it was, it was a lot of a lot of fun we we had a, a following at the time that would actually sit and listen to all that so it was pretty pretty great yeah so was that like when you figured okay this is going to be like boy meets girl this is going to be the path we're going to take we're going to try to get a record deal or just no, kind of we like we're going to play locally and see hope for the best well we that's played, we played locally and then we played up and down the west coast yeah. as a trio right. and made a name for ourselves and um but then there was that band breakup um yeah. uh with you know just all of these sort of human issues that come up when you're in a band together right. those things came up so we broke up as a band um, George and I, during that California stay, while we were playing in a, a string of clubs at that time, um, George sat down at the piano and started playing something in this rental house we were in. Then the piano was just about the only stick of furniture we had. I think we were sleeping <laughs> in sleeping bags. On the floor. <laughs> but um, I was in the other room and I heard him playing this thing and I just came in and and started, you know, just singing some lyrics that were just flowing into me and, and right. they worked perfectly with his yeah. music. And so we wrote this song very quickly and looked at each other and went, hey, that was fun. But, and, <laughs> well, and the song was aptly titled Good Exchange. I, I still remember the page of lyrics. It was, it was, it was <laughs> it made it, it, it Shannon's uh, lyrical prowess was yeah. evident right then. And so I, I think I think to answer your your question, long-winded, I think the <laughs> two of us realized at that point there could be something bigger than playing clubs up and down the West Coast, and right. and um, and we broke off from the other member at that point, and the two of us um, continued to play some more clubs to try to, you know, put food on the table, and yeah. um, we we stopped that at one point and became 
housekeepers and janitors for about a year and a half and, mm -hmm. uh, and just honed our craft. And it was, a, we'd come home and we'd be writing, but, you know, we'd go, go to work during the day. And, and um, that, that was actually, I think right around then was, was the time partly because we were hungry, <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but there was, there was so much real focus on the craft. And I think we really, really developed together at that point. And then you were still playing that same like folksy Crosby, Souls and Nash. That was like what you were producing and writing. I think we were just trying um, to shift. Okay. Yeah, we shifted into um, more pop and also um, just drawing on. We both had a love of R and B. Right. And so a little bit of that crept in, and I don't think anyone would say their music's R and B, but it mm -hmm. just was one of the influences that that was informing our musical. Well, and and um, we, we had done a, a demo uh, of, of some songs with, uh, with our friend Jim Bredo at a, a, a local Seattle radio, uh, radio uh, record uh, recording studio. And uh, in that studio, um, a guy by the name of Tom Bell had his office and Tom's known as one of the three of Mighty Three Music from Philadelphia. Okay. And um, you might be familiar with the, their run back in the 70s with uh, the Stylistics and the OJs and Teddy oh, yeah. Pendergrass. And betcha by God, betcha by golly. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so we ended up being hired by him as songwriters. Um, he was starting to put together a little stable of songwriters and, and wondering if he could make the West Coast version of what he okay. had in yeah, yeah yeah so he had so a we studio. were we were a, we we had an office and we had a little tape recorder and a desk and we'd go right. into we go into write songs at at, at uh, bellboy music for for a little while down down in in uh in seattle Piner square yeah. in seattle yeah, Piner square, square yeah right yeah you were writing those songs did like you have any artists on their roster in mind or you were just writing them and then just here take it and then they'll search out the the artist I think there was some blind writing like that. Right. right. And they, then, they, um, Tom came to us with a couple of projects too. I mean, there was the flight, flight 300 or something. I think we wrote ooh, a couple of songs. Memory. Yeah. We wrote a couple of songs for them. Um, uh, and then Tom uh, was working with Denise Williams. Okay. Right. Uh, and um, flew me back to be part of the sessions back there. Uh, in in uh, Philadelphia, uh, for an album called My Melody, uh, had a song called Silly and okay. Gonna Take a Miracle. Beautiful right. recordings, and I got a chance really to sing curious. backing vocals on that stuff too. It was a lot of fun.
And you played um, Rhodes and some synths, right? Yeah, on the on the sessions, and those sessions were amazing because I got a chance to play live. Denise was singing live, okay. and so uh, you know uh, the people we met, and and we the the actually funny again full circle, the drum drummer on More Deeply in Love is Charles Collins, who was at that session. I met oh, wow. him. I met him back at that time. Right. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and you performed also background on Let's Hear It For The Boy, which was on the Footloose soundtrack. Yeah. 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 That came up uh, later. Uh, George Duke uh, produced that. Right. Uh, yeah. Back in the like studio in LA. That was yeah. so much fun. Yeah. It was just great. We got a chance to meet uh, Tom Snow and uh, Dean Pitchford that that oh. day as well, and you know, amazing songwriters and right. and and you know, yeah, Shannon, a lot of lot of stuff was hitting the fan at that time. So and we, we were touring to... with Denise and okay. you know around the United States and the UK and right. Bahrain and yeah. places. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Was that was that like a good experience? I mean, obviously, kind of you know being you know in the background, and you know, mm -hmm. obviously, when you guys hit it big, you know, doing your own tour, so you kind of had a taste of it before you kind of went out on your on your own. So, oh, absolutely, probably, you know, a good learning experience. Absolutely, fun. the the band members were great. We all just um, we all got along well. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, even with our various quirks and things. So yeah. we'd go yeah. look at art museums and things when we were somewhere in town, you know, before the gigs would start. <clears throat> and just, um, <laughs> you know, and then, then in Amsterdam, of course, we were discovering all the hash bars. And, right. You know, hash bars exactly. <laughs> because that was such a novelty at the time. Right. It was, it was, <laughs> yeah, there were, there were, uh, those were amazing days. And, and yeah, we, we did travel well together with those folks and, and many of them continue to be friends. Um, uh, we, we're still in touch with Raymond Pounds, who was the drummer on that, those set, uh, set, uh, the live band. Right. And, um, and Ray, Raymond was the, the guy who got uh, Shannon and I up really <laughs> early in the morning and, and said, we, you know, we only have a few hours before the flight. We got to go to the Rijksmuseum, you know. Yeah. And, I, you know, we, we were both interested in art, of course, but it wasn't like we, we really knew what, 
that was and yeah. the, the import of it. And, and, and we, we were such a motley group too. I mean, oh, yeah. Raymond was, is this tall, very, very slender man. And, um, and he had this old <laughs> kind of ratty rabbit fur coat. <laughs> His rabbit fur coat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so we were all three <laughs> tagging around town together. <laughs> Yeah, people kind of backed away from us a little, you know, yeah. <laughs> they left us alone at the museum. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine, yeah. When you guys are touring in all, in all those places, um, like seeing like the touristy spots, like might be difficult if you're like performing a show and you're, you're wiped out, but you want to make time to see those oh yeah we're yeah. so thankful to raymond of getting us up and right. i mean to be able to stand in front of the night watch and some of those amazing canvases i still i still remember how blown away you know i mean and actually it's yeah. it's led to um you know that's that's part of the thing when i travel you know yeah. it's like i i i like to seek that out you know right yeah absolutely so was that around the same time you were working on your uh, like self uh, title debut album? It was um, just before. Um, well, we were touring with Denise. I was um, pregnant and then um, okay. our daughter arrived. And yep. just like two weeks later, we got a call from uh, Aaron Jacobus at a yeah. and Records. Right. And he had found our CD or our um, cassette tape we'd sent yeah. him in his little listening bin. Right. And he listened to it. He called us up and yeah. And he said, could you come in for a meeting? So we did. And that led to us um, first signing with Alma Irving Publishing, okay. which is a branch of AM or was at the time. Uh, and then after that, subsequently, we signed with AM Records for a record deal. So that was about maybe um, six months after we did okay. our last Denise tour. Right. So, yeah, it was just we were getting swept along. And, um, oh. And it was a good ride. We were so. Right. Oh, and we'd, yeah. we'd always wanted to do, a, you know, being songwriters, we always wanted to have our own own record. Yeah. And Boy Meets Girl, you know, it was in the formative time. We'd, we'd, uh, we'd, we'd started to figure out what was unique about um, Boy Meets Girl as opposed to writing for other people, writing mm -hmm. for Denise right. Williams or Phyllis Hyman or various people right. that we had had already written for. Yeah. So boy meets girl what was the what was the core what was the essence for for what we were going to do with boy meets girl so it was still forming <laughs> and uh, i i still remember one of the the highlights of that whole time was um uh the back lot of of AM records uh they would always do a hand-painted um album cover Right. and feature it you know whoever it was on their their label that had had uh, had an album out brian adams had something out right. the summer of 69 was was on that record and all yeah. that sort of thing and uh but then we got we got our day where where they had they painted up our our cover and it was a back back there i'd like to find that photo because it I must know. be somewhere back in our it's archive not. yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that, I love that album. That album is is, is fantastic. Uh, you know, old girl, I remember the video for, for that song. Oh, times. thank you.
Yeah, Kissing Falling Flying is another one of my favorites. Uh, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. But then you mentioned writing for others, and then maybe one of the biggest artists of the 80s was Whitney Houston. And then you mm-hmm. wrote two smash hits, uh, you know, How Will I Know and uh, Want to Dance with Somebody. How did that come about? Yeah. <laughs> we were um, newly signed to Elma Irving Publishing. And uh, Lance Freed was at the head of that company at the time. And what a lovely person. Really, just the whole staff there was so nice. So they're shepherding us along. And they got um, a request from Jerry Griffiths at Arista that they were looking for a song for this young 19 or 18-year-old singer at the time. And um, nobody knew anything about her. They knew how fabulous she was. Right. But they just said, you know, we were so we're soliciting songs. So um, we had a song that we'd written for Janet Jackson, um, also through Elmo Irving. She turned it down. It's called How Will I Know? And she turned it down because she was working on her control CD at the time. It was a concept, very strong. Right. And this would not have fit at all. <laughs> no, she had a whole, whole thing that she was working on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And then um, Jerry Griffiths was in speaking with um, uh, Brenda, Brenda Andrews. Andrews. Yeah. Yeah. And she said, well, I have a few songs and here's one of them. It's called How Will I Know? It's by some of our new writers. So Jerry took it to Clive Davis and um, Clive loved it. Right. So he snatched that right up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sent it off to uh, Narda Michael Walden to produce. I actually first first asked uh, Kashif if he would be interested in producing, and flew me back to New York to meet Kashif, and and we were working on our own record. Okay. But we had this. I had this this little moment, a little opportunity, mm-hmm. where I was. I uh, Kashif was playing me. Um, these these early recordings of "You Give Good Love" and right. some of the things he was working on with this young, you know, up and coming singer, and I, I remember hearing it and going, "Wow, this is really amazing," and I can't wait to get back to the studio and start recording my own record. You know, <laughs> right? Like I, it's like I couldn't get my head around the idea of like stopping everything and, and working with Kashif, but that would have been a pretty cool opportunity to, to be able to, to, to co-produce uh, Whitney Houston. But, but, uh, but, you know, I, but then it went to the Narda. right thing happened. Yeah, exactly. I think Narda was absolutely the perfect producer oh, for that song. Absolutely. Um, he ended up being a co-writer on it. He added some music and then sent it back okay. to us and we added more lyrics to it. Okay. And, um, so then we were three co-writers and he had the same thing going on. I just, recently learned by listening to a um, podcast or something of his uh, where he was also, Oh, Clive, I, I like to help you out, but I'm, I'm on the road doing this and I'm in the studio doing that. And I I just don't think I have the time. And (laughs) Clive wisely, I think urged him to, well, just give it a shot. And, you know, and it turned out brilliantly. Of course, we're all thrilled about that. Oh Um, yeah you never know and it's it's kind of the gift of a lifetime in a way yeah oh yeah yeah narda narda you know his life was changed by this as well he he was he was already a a luminary you know as a drummer in his own right and and as a producer but but uh but certainly any anybody that that uh came in contact with whitney on on that level got a you know it was it it was a life-changing moment yeah and then, obviously, I wanted to answer somebody, which I heard your your version of it, which I absolutely love.
well. Didn't Shannon nail that vocal? Oh my, she did. She totally did. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's it's a nice. You know, it's it's very different from you know Whitney, which is good. Um, yeah. Was there ever like a thought maybe we'll keep that and maybe put that on your like second album? No, we okay. specifically wrote that with her big voice in mind. Right. And I was, um, I remember being kind of reticent to sing the demo because I thought, you know, this isn't, I can't sing like her. Right. And we'll be making a, you know, what sounds like a boy meets girl song, but yeah. we really wanted it to translate to her. And, um, and thankfully it did, you know, Clive yeah. heard that. Um, he thought it sounded kind of like a country version. I mean, he yeah. wasn't sure what he'd do with it, but he, right. but he did know that it would be a perfect song for Whitney, thank goodness. Yeah. So, and then Narda took some time, I think, to figure out how to present it um, as far as the production goes, and you know how should he style it. Yeah. And so yeah. he gave that sort of Caribbean yeah. beat in front of it, and it turned out again yeah. to be yeah. such a perfect read on it. Right. As a result of those two songs, were artists or producers, you know. Or record heads like uh, were they actively seeking you guys out to write songs you know what they weren't i i think that i expected much more of that but um right. not not like a diane warren uh <laughs> sort of level right. it was i think i i think um I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly why that was. <laughs> I think maybe, maybe in fact, it might've been a, a little bit of the confusion. Are they artists? Are they songwriters, you know, for hire? Right. So then yes. I'm assuming then you just took the best songs you had and put them on real life. Right. In, in that regard. We did. And yeah. also we had written, um, well, when we went to see Whitney Houston live, um, at the Greek theater in Los Angeles, which is an open air theater. Right. She had just finished singing How Will I Know and everyone stood up on their yeah. feet and started applauding. <laughs> yeah. And I happened to look up and I saw a shooting star go across the, mm. the circle of the sky there. Right. Just one of those moments. So I sat yeah. down and wrote Waiting for a Star to Fall. I just wrote that line down. Right. And yeah. we finished the song within a few days. Um, wow. And so we thought, oh, it's kismet. It must yeah. mean that we're supposed yeah, to spend it's got a, it, it's def, we've, we've written another Whitney song. song yeah. So we did, but Clive turned it down. He um, probably wisely said, this isn't quite right for Whitney, probably too pop for her. It, it actually has a lot of, of, of what we, you know, how we were, I was mentioning earlier, those things, those, those little things that are innately in our minds, boy right. meets girl. Yeah. And um and actually the song the song had it 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 was we owned it. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> and I don't mean this in, in a bad way at all cuz I absolutely love the song but 88 you couldn't get away from that song. You heard it everywhere. <laughs>
And yeah, I'm so sorry about that. No, no, no. I, I love this. I'm, I'm just saying it's just like, you know, it's one of we those We forever things. apologize to everyone who had to hear that song. So many times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, I, and I don't mean that in, in, in a bad way. I love the song, love the day and love it now. But like, no, what is, we, like, thank you. Yeah. What is your relationship with that song? Oh, gosh. You know, mine is um, complete surprise at its longevity. That's my current right. relationship with mm-hmm. it. And my other, my former relationship was, was still surprise actually, because, you know, Muzak was a big deal at that time in the right. 80s. So you could go into a store and there's yeah. that pre-programmed music. And, um, and sometimes I'd hear Waiting for Star to Fall. Right. Uh, one time it was the, the new Christie Minstrel singing a version of it. <laughs> and I didn't, you know, in, in all cases, I didn't recognize it at first. I just recognized that I was kind of humming along and tapping. Right. You know, and then I go, oh, oh my God. That's yeah. waiting for a star to fall. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. That, that's fun. Yeah. Cause I, I usually ask, like, where the, the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio and the most interesting place you heard one of your songs on the radio. So I wonder. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, in grocery store. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Grocery store waiting for the aisle three in the, in the canned food department. <laughs> yeah. I want to dance with somebody. Right. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel the heat with somebody no pardon me no it'd be waiting for a star to fall <laughs> we heard we heard waiting for a star to fall by the new christy minstrels or something oh, like it, that was it uh, a, could it have been up with people or up with people it was in a, <laughs> um, it was in a sports kind of ski store what? in where were we it was in idle wild yeah 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 i still remember it i just the two is wow that's it's just it, it so yeah again long-winded to answer your question it's the coolest thing and it it, it it um there is something disembodied about hearing it you know done by somebody completely different yeah, right. in a whole different way in a grocery store yeah. that kind of brings it home wait a second we this wouldn't have happened this wouldn't be playing right now without us and so it's, well, then you want to you want to start telling everybody around you. That's me. That's, that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's kind of you don't, but it's <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, yeah. except I do. You know my mouth. You know, so I'll go up to the. I'll go up and I'll go. Hey, you know, it's really exciting for me because that's that's a song you know that yeah. I wrote. And it's the great. It's great to have somebody kind of go. Yeah, 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 you sure did. Right. Oh, exactly. Looking the way you did. <laughs> I, I had that happen just last year. I was in the Apple store and um, getting something. Oh, and we were testing out what oh, was my new phone. And we were testing it out with the sales guy there. And, and he said, well, what do you want to test it out with? I said, oh, how about Whitney Houston's I want to dance with yeah, nice one. <laughs> that was pretty shameless. Right. That's funny. <laughs> and then I told him I wrote it. And he looked at me like yeah. he was not buying that. <laughs> Yeah, right. right. He actually yeah. didn't believe me. Right. Yeah, and by the way, the Queen Mother is also my yeah. wife. Right. <laughs> yes. That's when that's when you screenshot a picture of on Wikipedia and just make that your background on your phone so you right. show everybody. That's that's me. Yeah. Exactly. Them up. Yeah. No, right. really. <laughs> yeah, really. That's me. Yeah. But but besides that song, which was fantastic, I mean, the rest of that album was equally great. I mean, Stormy Love. I absolutely oh. you know, love as well. And go I love that line. you know that. That's yeah. Thank you. If, if you run and, you know, so many other songs on there. Um, you guys took off with that album and you guys played on a bunch of those little, you know, late night shows and stuff like that. Were those great experiences too? Oh, they were. <laughs> um, but it was, it was lip sync time. So right, of course. we were always lip syncing. So they're again, like George said, there's a <laughs> disembodied aspect to it. Yeah. Lip syncing is kind of like that also, unless you're a real performer, you know, like a lot of the um, artists today are also dancers and they're right, entertainers. Yeah. And we hadn't, that wasn't sort of the mode what at that time. Right. And we hadn't by any means perfected any, any kind of presentation <laughs> like that. Yeah. So there wasn't that level of engagement. And I think we missed the actual singing part. Right. But we would was, always tell each other afterward, you know, I really sounded great tonight. Yeah. I was really, I was, I was proud of how I did, you know? Yeah. You know, we met, we met Dick Clark. Oh, like, I know. Shook his hand. hand. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, that was pretty amazing. Rickies and Rickies. you know, yeah. and then Top of the Pops in England and right. some other. Yeah, yeah. That's it was fantastic. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, so that album came out, and I was eagerly waiting for the next one, and never came. I, I shouldn't say never came. That's not fair. But it didn't come. You know, I guess immediately after a couple of years after. Yeah, we yeah we actually uh, we we recorded the whole record. As a matter of fact, I was watching an advert the other day, uh, and Shannon, I don't I haven't talked to you about this either, but it's this it's this forest of kelp coming up. It's this oh no, it's not an ad. It's uh, it's, it's your one screensaver on your TV. The screensaver on on uh, I think on the Apple. same thing always. Right, yeah. I know what you're gonna say. And and Shannon and I had written a song called New Dream. That's right. And it became the title cut that Arif Martin, uh, co, uh, co we and his son Joe Martin co-produced with us, and um, and we had gotten the whole album amassed, all the recordings done. We were filming the video for for New Dream. We were storyboarding it, okay. and one of the ideas it's it's it was a song about about uh, lamenting being out of touch with with the natural world. And um, and and Shannon does this wonderful uh, middle eight in the song about wanting to to, want to reconnect. The tall trees. Yeah, <laughs> and and we we were gonna we were actually gonna film it off the coast of of uh, California in the Catalina Islands where they have these kelp forests. Yeah. So just to kind of challenge people, rather than heading to, to a a growing forest above above water <laughs> you're going um, to the deep sea <laughs> yeah <laughs> another kind of forest and and yeah. uh, but it was fun to see it celebrated on tv and and it just called i remember seeing the storyboards we were that close to actually going out and filming it we were within that week
there was we a got a call from the, the um, guard at um, RCA, who right. we were with at the time. Right. And um, they met with us and probably a whole bunch of other groups. Mr. Mister. Yeah. yeah. Another one, yeah. They met yeah. with us. And um, by the end of that meeting, we thought, okay, well, we've lost our deal. Right. <laughs> And then we didn't, they didn't even call and tell us that we'd been um, cut from the label. Uh, no. Our managers found out because they, someone read it in one of the publications that came oh, out wow. a couple of days later yeah. and yeah. called them and said, by the way, Boy Meets Girls no longer an RCA BMG. So right. that's how we found out. And, yeah. and that was so profoundly disheartening to us. Oh, we just, it was, sure. yeah, yeah just kind of left the business because even even right. talking about it right now it smarts it, it a little bit because yeah. it because it actually uh, it we we headed off at that point um from the the visible professional side right um we had we had a glorious life and we had some amazing experiences to that point and we just i think it, we just both thought you know what let's at least take a break and then see where that takes us um, yeah. and, it, and it turned out to be a over 10 year break before the Wonderground, wasn't it? Or was it like almost exactly a 10 year break? Mm -hmm. But during that time, we were, yeah. we continued to write songs. We were, we were actually, as we're finding out now, we were quite active and we've been archiving the music over the last couple of years okay. and going back to the vaults and, and transferring the, the, the old reels. Right. right. You know. So we have songs from that period, but, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, as far as the public goes, we yeah. disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it was hard to, you know, get, well, obviously when that happened, it was pre-internet days. And then right. you know, it was like, you guys like vanished. It was, really wasn't much, you know, uh, information. Uh, it was before, before the information age had really hit, yeah. like you said, yeah. Right. Well, and also important. we were constrained um, contractually from buying the masters and selling them to another company. Oh so yeah, that's right. That was, BMG, yeah. RCA yeah. BMG didn't want it, but they didn't want someone else to have it either. So we were just, yeah. you know, that was really the most discouraging part Yeah, is that that was like hoarding music, you know, that yeah. right. exactly. we poured our hearts into. <laughs> right. Yeah. They, they don't want you, but they don't want anyone else to have you, which is not right. great. You know, unfortunately. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. So, you know, we just finished this, you know, ridiculous 2020. Uh, and um, how did that like affect you guys? Like work, you know, working, um, have you seen each other? I mean, how, how has like the last year been for you guys? We've seen each other with masks on or standing 10 feet apart. Yeah, <laughs> right. We filmed our, our video from More Deeply in Love with masks and <laughs> we decided to celebrate it. Uh, because right. it was going to be time dated because of that we actually yeah. we actually are are masked in the video right <laughs> well and and thankfully we'd um completed our parts of the recording that we needed to do together okay. um right. before the pandemic that was just really lucky and then we sent it off um to this wonderful young uh, mixing guy who's also a songwriter and and artist in his own yeah. right um and he did some beautiful mixes for us, but we weren't required to be there. We just okay. traded them, you know, right. through yeah. Dropbox. Right. Well, yeah. will this song like lead to like an EP or another album? Like what's like the future? We have a five song EP that okay. comes out March 5th. Oh, cool. Um, we're putting out another song from it, I think on Valentine's Day, it's called oh. Falling Hard. Okay. Yeah, Perfect. and we're and we're scrambling to get our video pieces together to right. make a little home video, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, no kelp for us on this one. No, <laughs> no, whole different kind of budget here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Kelp's not romantic anyway, right? For yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but George and Chad, I really appreciate your time today. This was fantastic, and I look forward to hear the EP. Oh, thank you, Noah. Thank you so much. It's our um, pleasure. Wonderful. And a special thanks to George and Shannon for joining me today. Go check out their website, Boy Meets Girl Music. Check out their past albums, they're all fantastic. And if you have a guest suggestion, hit me up on Twitter at thepersonal 19 or like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. 
don't have iTunes, not a problem. There's on SoundCloud, Podbean, Spotify, wherever podcasts are found. A new episode comes in every week. And before we go, this is the second single off the 5 EP, Falling Hard. We'll see you next week. Oh. Uh.